All right. Hi, everyone. Hey, Money Bosses. Welcome to this interview. I'm very excited to, to share with you our next speaker, Lashal Holland, who's going to share with us her own idea, experience, and knowledge in building financial freedom. Welcome, Lashan. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am too. And before we dive into our conversation, I'd love to share with you a little bit about Lashan and her impressive background. So stay tuned. Um, I'm going to, I'm going into it. As a wealthy lifestyle architect, best-selling author, and wealth coach, Lashawn Holland is the nation's leading money maven and expert on the art of unleashing the wealth patterns and purpose, igniting dreams, and building profitable cash flow empires. A former corporate chief financial officer, accountant for the U.S. Department of Treasury, turned multi-million dollar entrepreneur, trade financial architect, turned mompreneur, she equips the masses that are committed to building committed to building and changing financial bl blueprints to build a house of wealth that transcends throughout generations. She has been featured in more than 350 media outlets, um, including Bravo, Black Enterprise Magazine, Yahoo Finance, Beyond, Beyond the Dow, Bloomberg Business News, ABC, Market Watch, Money Show, and she was a regular financial columnist for Gospel Today Magazine. As the founder of the wealthy Leaders Institute and the chairman and the president of Holland and Holland Enterprises and the vice president and CFO of Business Leading Solutions. She has built the, one of the fastest growing women-owned brokerage firms in the country. She is the co-owner of Finergy Inc., a private alternative retirement and life insurance company with her husband of 25 years. Now through LaShawn Holland International and her annual Wealthy Revolution Life Experience, which I just learned is happening next month in its actual conference that takes place in person, right, LaShawn? Right. Regardless of all the COVID stuff that's going on. She teaches others how to maximize and monetize their own personal economy as a critical vehicle of cash flow generation and wealth development building business systems of purpose and investing in significance and impact that can build legacies for global generations to come. Her philosophy is being broke is temporary, but being poor is eternal. Change your mind and you will ultimately change your money now. Here's to show you how to elevate your mind and your money. Please welcome the Queen of Green, Lashawn Holland. Thanks for having, uh, hopping on today, LaShawn. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So let's dive into this topic of financial freedom. And as I, um, you know, personally have worked with clients over the last 15 years in the space of uh, financial planning, this topic kind of has, um, I would say, a, a few angles as to some people really are open to talk about it and others sort of put it aside and, 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 and kind of, you know, come up with other excuses or ideas or really never do anything about it, right? They, they, they strive for something or they sort of, I have this kind of image in my head that put their head in the sand. So yes. if you had to like start with maybe the definition of financial freedom, and we can probably Google it, but I would think that uh, with your experience and, and wealth of knowledge, what have you seen and how do you define something like that? Right. And so I've been actually doing this for almost three decades now. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. 
you know, people rarely confront what they're confused about, or they may be ashamed of because they feel like they should be further along than what they are. And so there's a reluctance there to talk about it, or it was something that they wasn't discussed in their households when they were growing up. And so, and then trust is a big factor too. Who can I trust to tell my money secrets to, right? And so that's an area of struggle for a lot of people. And so you really have to um, be in a space where you can help demystify building wealth or demystify money. And so when I think about financial freedom, one, I think I probably define wealth in a different way than most people. I define, um, I think wealth has everything to do with time and not necessarily money. I think it's measured in time. It's how long that I can maintain my standard of living without having to trade time for dollars in the way that I want with who I want and however long I choose to. And so for me, when I think about financial freedom, I think about the ability to have choices to live my level 10 life on my term, but also I think about it in time freedom, right? I get to, my son just finished school and you know he played football. And so come October, we used to shut everything down from October to January. Mm-hmm. I didn't take on any new clients. All we did was travel. We, we were able for five years to attend absolutely every game he had, you know, and that gets very expensive um, traveling. And so it was nothing for us to spend thousands of dollars every season just attending his football games. If I didn't have financial freedom, I wouldn't be able to do that. And so it's not just about money, but it's about time also. I love it. I love it because we, uh, I think everybody has this uh, scarcity mentality when it comes to time. I don't have time. I'm busy. You know, and and you've seen this too is as to when you sit down with a client to even look at their finances, it's like, oh, I don't have time for this. Like I can't, you know, even simple things like, you know, keeping track of your spending, where all this money going, even though a lot of it can be streamlined these days, right? There's technologies, there's processes. Absolutely. And so I think we all need to work on this idea of time because we all have it, (laughs) right? Right. And you hear these stories and you're like, how are these people out there in the world accomplishing and creating these amazing things, right? Um, I'm I'm here in the Silicon Valley, right? uh, In the San Francisco Bay Area and Mm -hmm. it's just everywhere. And you're like, okay, today's, you know, whatever the day is, I have the same 24 hours in a day. Absolutely. Right, the question is, what are you gonna do with that? What are you gonna do with it? Yeah, for those 24 hours. So um, I liked liked your explanation of of it in terms of time. So why do you think think it's important? How do we connect it like really to just, you know, what each of us wants to accomplish um, individually? Well, for me, it was, I knew that I, when I started having kids, that I didn't, specifically, I remember, me being probably about eight and a half months pregnant, sitting in my oldest son's, my first child, sitting in his nursery. And I started crying. I, I grew up, you know, I didn't grow up dirt poor, but we also wasn't wealthy. And so my mom was a teenager when she had me. She was 16 years old. My father was 18. And so she struggled raising me. And I knew that I didn't want my son to start from ground zero. I knew that I wanted to be able to give him the advantage in life. And I knew that I wanted my ceiling to be his floor so that he, in the beginning, he was my why. 
right? And so I knew I had to figure out a way of how to make that happen. And I think that a lot of times it's not that people are unmotivated with their finances. I think they just don't, they haven't created a big enough why in their lives that will keep them motivated. And so that was my motivation. I knew I had a small window of time to be able to make that happen um, by the time he graduated from college. And so people don't give their money. They don't create the space in their lives to be able to give their money vision. And the starting point for giving your money vision is really to come up with a compelling why. Yeah, I know. We hear this a lot too, not just when it comes to you know, creating your life vision, but all the other areas in your life as well. What do you think the, 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 the biggest you know, holdback we all have, or maybe there's more than one? I think, it, I think there are many, but I think the root cause of all of the many really is mindset, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we think about our money blueprint, I like to call it your financial set point. When you think about your financial set point, it's, it's different, it varies. It depends on you know, the things that you heard about money growing up, the things that you saw, you know, how did you see the influencers in your life handle money and then your specific um, experiences with money growing up. And so that really forms your financial set point or your blueprint. And so I talk a lot about this in my book because I think that we don't understand that your money will eventually rise or, or fall back to, you know, where it was if you don't have a growth mindset. And so you have to be able to, you know, become aware of the things that are holding you back. One of the things that, you know, I have my clients do, especially when I work with couples, when I coach couples, because, you know, as you know, finances is, is the number one reason that people actually get divorced. It's not infidelity, it's fi finances. And people don't learn how to, as couples, not only come up with a vision, but set financial standards in their life. And it's hard to be able to have that alignment without knowing what the money mindset is of both. And so I have them right now. What are some of the things that you saw growing up around money? What are some of the things that you heard? You know, my mother was really big on money doesn't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. You know, I hated hearing that as a child. I've never said that to my kids. And so, um, you know, I think that's really important is, is becoming aware of your mindset, the things, the, the thoughts that you take. People don't take an account of their thoughts, you know, and how you really feel about money and then address those things and figure out what's really true and then how do I transform this? Yeah, and I, I certainly do agree that, especially in our society where 50% of couples end in divorce, and I think the statistics is even, worse, even higher than 50%, it does come down to like having money disagreements and right. you know, on the same page, but it's hard, right? As, as you know, many of us have those relationships and we don't even realize that we bring right. this um, to the table. How do you, I, I'm always curious because this is something I get to face not only with my clients, right? Because when they sit in across the table from me or like across the Zoom, right? There's two people, two human beings, that want something in life and then they're here together and you're like the third person right trying to help them like what where do you even start a conversation if it wasn't you know you getting counseling from anyone if, if you wanted to uh maybe you know get your significant other involved even just in the thinking process we're not talking about 
creating budgets or any of that because that's daily household stuff right that we all have to do but but really have deeper conversations yeah you know um a lot of times when i meet with couples again that's the first thing i start with you know is their blueprint so i'm sitting down and i'm talking to them and asking them questions you know not just about their goals and their vision and what they want to do but really i try to understand three things about them um, which helps me understand their mindset is their spiritual vision. Like I believe that everybody was born with a talent. I call them tags, a talent, an ability, and a gift, right? And I also believe that we can use that for bankable purpose. And so I sit down and I ask them, you know, what's your gift to the world? Like, what's your purpose? Why do you believe that you're here? We talk about a life vision. What do you want out of your life? And so, because every dream needs financing of some sort. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about, you know, I try to get an understanding of their life vision, where they want to go with their life, you know, if they have children, you know, how do they want to educate their kids? Um, that's really important. And once I have an understanding of their spiritual vision, their life vision, then I help them create a living income plan. But I also uh, deal with the money mindset. And I have yet in almost three decades to meet a couple where they both, their starting point was the same, right? Because we have, we have different views about money, but those different views are based off of our financial DNA. And so giving them understanding, it's not that, you know, for instance, a couple, she may say that her husband's stingy. It's not that he's stingy, he just didn't grow up like you. And so he wants to be able to have something left over at the end of the month, at the end of the year, at the end of the quarter. He doesn't want you spending all of his money because what he sees is as a little boy, they grew up in lack and scarcity, you know, or um, financial irresponsibility. And so she's acting out of what she saw growing up, but she doesn't realize it. So it's really helping couples get recognize that hey his blueprint is different from mine my blueprint is different from his how can we come together so we can create a new blueprint essentially regening your financial dna and i love that because this is really um an easier i think kind of a conversation that converts to talking about like the future right and as as many of you know that in order to build that successful future you have to have some targets or financial goals and financial absolutely goals. and so um because it's almost like i love this analogy i've, I've been using it for the longest time um it's by um stephen covey who wrote the seven um, habits of highly habits. successful people yeah. and i'm sure you love that book too i have it right on the shelf behind me i know i have it over there my bookshelf is right there <laughs> and uh, i forget the number of this habit but it's um begin with the end in mind right so like in if, mind. If vision you're like trying to create something bigger than yourself right like right. you've got to you've got to come back to the reality and see like what's missing so i absolutely love reverse that. engineer it exactly i i love that very much and i i found that it's difficult for a lot of people to form you know formalize or even verbalize what their goals are right yeah. because of like it feels like there's almost like a gap here so right. that you can you know get onto this path and so right. how do you approach i'm just i'm interested into like continuing this how do you approach the goal setting like from there on like do you guys um get into the weeds and specifics of it like how it's because it's 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 different i do i do um and i have them get into the weeds of it i think it's really important i can't you know it's i put it 
um, like this. If you're in a car with a muddy windshield, you can't see where you're going. Mm -hmm. And money requires clarity and it requires a leader. It makes a wonderful, you know, follow-up or a horrible master. And so unless you come up with goals and visions, and we, we actually sit down and um, I give them uh, worksheets that they have to work on, you know, take home, think about it, work on it. But, you know, I think we treat building wealth like a moving target, right? Mm -hmm. And so unless you come up with measurable goals, um, it's really hard to ever reach the target. But I also think that we treat, you know, when we treat wealth like a moving target, it becomes very hard to ever hit your numbers. And so that's why we actually do the life vision, right? How do you want to live your life? And then we do the living income plan. So how much is this life that you want going to cost you? Yeah. And, and so, and then we come up with a plan to be able to break that down, not only month, you know, yearly, but monthly and then weekly of what you need, the things that you need to do to set this in place so you can hit your target. Yeah, I love it. I love, I love the idea of breaking it down into even weekly conversations. Something else I do as well, um, yeah. personal and with clients, I call these uh, uh, conversations money dates. But yeah. um, it's like, it, it's just those check-ins that you've got to continue having with yourself asking. I have four questions that I asked. I just started asking myself and then it transitioned to, you know, having a conversation with my significant other where I started to see that it was giving us some fruitful discussions other than, you know, not having to fight about something. Do you spend too much? You spend too you know. Right, too right. I call them cash conversations. <laughs> I love that yeah. too. <laughs> How yeah. much cash do we need? But yeah, it's, it really, I mean, I think at the end of the day, right, if we're talking about the big thing, we're talking about this financial freedom that we all want, or a lot of folks refer to it as, you know, being independent, right? So like the basis of it is what is it that we really want? Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I love your analogy of connecting it to like a moving target because it's, yeah. um, it's, it's just hard to, um, to, you know, to navigate it that way. If we had to kind of put a starting point for, for our viewers today, like what would be, you know, step one, like if you're sitting down to think about, it, I know we talked about mindset, um, but we, you know, what would be the next best step that they can take? For me, especially in, I think one of the things that I try to make people understand is that you know, economies change. And so what worked for your grandparents doesn't necessarily work in this economy, you know? And I look at even the way that I treat savings. I think it's so important that people have a savings, but I think savings should be used for purchasing power and not necessarily saving power. Back in 1975, interest rates were at 14.6%. Well, it's less than 1% now, yeah. so I'm not going to put you, that's not going to be a big part of our plan, but the next step really will be to increase, increase our cash flow. So either, you know, there are only two ways that you can really change your financial situation, increase your income or decrease your expenses. And a lot of times in a market like this, people, you know, are at bare minimum anyway. And so, plus, I don't necessarily use the term budget. I hate the terminology I budget. <laughs> I think it's restrictive. And so I believe in spending plans, but not necessarily as a part of a wealth plan, but not necessarily a budget per se. And so increasing your cash flow, sitting down and, and becoming resourceful of other areas where I can either, you know, cut something out so I can increase my cash flow or creating other revenue. You know, I call them revenue rivers. I don't like streams. Streams end up drying up. 
And so, so I made up my own term, revenue rivers, creating other revenue rivers to come into your life. And so that will probably be the second step. And then control your outflow would be step number three. You know, you have the wealthy people know where their money is going. And so it's very important that you know, because you can't stop the bleeding if you don't know where it is. And so most people don't spend time tracking their money, where they're spending their money. And what are some of the things that you can cut out? You know, um, 25 years ago, I was able to pay, get completely out of debt, pay off all of my credit cards just by not eating out. That's just how much my husband and I was eating out. And so when I looked at how much we were spending eating out and I was like, wow, you know, this is how much the balance is on that credit card. We can get out of the credit, you know, pay off the credit card just by, you know, taking our lunch three days a week. And so it was just making those modifications. And then I think it's important to build a net. I don't care where you are right now. I think everybody needs something on the side where whether I don't care what asset class you decide to go in, whether it's, you know, stocks or bonds or cash equivalents or, you know, whatever, real estate, um, I'm not a fan of cryptocurrencies, but I am a fan of blockchain. So, you know, I think it's something. So I think building the net, building your assets are very, very important. And then learning how to preserve your prosperity through, you know, taxes. You know, how, you know, starting businesses is one of the best ways that you can cut your tax liability. So it's understanding you know, the tax law by being able to preserve your prosperity. And then I think it's important that you leverage the legacy. Most people don't think of life insurance as an asset class, but it absolutely is an asset class. And it's a way that they have, you know, products out here that you can use even while you're living, right? And so we started with our kids when they were toddlers. My kids are able to graduate from college debt-free because we started early you know, with an IUL. And so understanding how to be able to leverage insurance as an asset so you won't have your kids starting from ground zero. Yes, and student, as we all know, student loan debt is horrendous. <laughs> horrendous Absolutely. In this country. I love it. I, I, I love that you're incorporating all of these different aspects into, into overall plan, but it most certainly does start with, with the mindset. I think Absolutely. Any area of our life we want to tackle, anything, it starts with getting our thoughts um, in the right direction. I, um, I agree. I, I appreciate you uh, joining today. Is there, is there any, are there any other last minute thoughts that you wanted to add? No, I mean, just recapping, you know, the seven stages I think that are important again is to be able to grow your mindset, to increase your cash flow, control your outflow. Um, you know, build a net, invest in assets, learn how to use, you know, the tax laws to your advantage through business system, you know, setting up a business and then uh, leverage the legacy through insurance. Yeah, I love, I love the legacy aspect a lot. I think most of us don't get to, to come to think about that. We're like so in the forefront of making, I call it inflows, outflows <laughs> work, right? Right, that right. We, um, that we get lost in the sea of all of it. Right. Um, awesome. Well, so how can our folks connect with you? Where, where are you um, out there in the world? <laughs> um, I am on Facebook as LaShawn Holland dash financial coach. I am on Instagram simply as LaShawn Holland and that's LaShawn with an E on the end. L-A-S-H-A-W-N-E and LaShawnHolland.com is my website. 
And so um, you have the link that you can post for I'm actually giving away my book, Born to Multiply for free um, right now, because I think it's very important that, you know, people understand that what's possible for them in life, no matter where you come from. Yeah, I love it. I can't, I cannot wait to get my hands on it as well, LaShawn, and get, tap into some of your wisdom for sure. Well, I um, very much value your time today, and uh, thanks so much. I'm sure um, folks are going to be excited about your special giveaway. And uh, again, thanks so much for tuning in. And everybody, make sure that you um, check out the links below. And uh, remember, you are the boss of your own money. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.